everybody, and welcome to another episode of The List. As always, my name is Brett. On the other end of the tin can in string is Jordan. Jordan, another Tuesday episode, but unlike last Tuesday, I think we're feeling a lot better today, don't you? Uh, I would say that we're feeling a little bit better today, Brett. How are you feeling? Uh, a lot better. Uh, I still have a cough that like just won't go away till probably March of next year. Uh, not going to go into details with listeners too much but we did delay our episode just because of some family stuff had to take care of uh everything's going good on that end so uh looks like everything is good and we are on the home stretch towards the holiday season towards the new years and we get to talk about one of my favorite pastimes which is whooping the jets ass asses however you want to say it and hopefully our producer zach jackson will chime in every now and then as well fuck them Uh, jets exactly yeah, so Jordan, watching this game, and you were at the game, a uh, couple thoughts went through my head. Mainly, it was all positivity, but I did have a little annoyance because how the team played it and how they all admitted that they were tired of hearing people talk about them and call them frauds made me just reaffirm that they overlooked the Titans. Yeah, and, and I think that one of the things that we talked about throughout this season as We've now been going for 30-something episodes and have been talking uh, since the preseason. I mean, one of the things we kind of commended this team for is they didn't take anybody lightly. Um, So to look back and know that we took the Titans lightly, um, it definitely leaves a bad taste in in our mouth. Um, But I think that's how it's supposed to be. I think you're supposed to feel some type of way um, about a loss. That means you know uh, that your team is better. Um, We should be 7-0 at home. Unfortunately, we're 6-1 at home. Um, but coming off this week where we win 30-0, to uh, Tua completes about 88% of his passes, only has three incompletions. Um, we didn't run the ball well, um, but it was nice to see the, the team play well um, without Tyreek and really for the defense to put a goose egg on the board. Yep. We didn't run well, um, as you said, although news come out of the game is Raheem Mostert set Dolphins franchise record for touchdowns in a year. Uh, tw- after his two-touchdown game, tw- up to 20 now. Uh, the Jets have 16 touchdowns all season, by the way, as they pointed out multiple times. And going into this year, Mostert had nine, or th- they said going into this game, he had 19 touchdowns on his career. Maybe that was for the se- for going into this year, but he has n- he has 20 now this season. So tells you what kind of year he's having. Um, I don't know what it looked like from the stadium for you, Jordan, but the one thing I noticed a lot is we do this weird, like, fake option handoff where there's no one there and then we do the the outward toss to Mostert and every time it feels like that's a loss yeah I I think that's a little bit of a miscommunication Um, I don't know if the plan is for an empty fake read Um, so I I assume somebody missed their assignment Um, to me that's a play that uh, at least this team specifically um, I've seen that play work with McCaffrey and Trent Williams um, but I don't think we have the personnel really uh, to execute that play at a high level, or at least it hasn't seemed that way. Um, but to clear up the stat you tried to give, Mostert, for his career coming into this year, had 18 touchdowns. He currently has 20 on the season. It was something like th- how they said it on uh, CBS was a little weird, and they said 19 for his career and then 19 for the season when it happened. So there was a mess up there. Uh, luckily, with you being at the stadium, you didn't have to listen to Tony Romo, who seemed very disappointed with the Dolphins destroying the Jets. Yeah, no. Uh, it, it seems like Tony uh, 
has gone um, somehow into this. Uh, not only am I going to love Josh Allen overly, um, but I'm also going to hate the Dolphins and downplay everything they do. Um, that's one of my favorite parts about being able to go to the game um, is is being able to form my opinion from what I see um, and not necessarily from what people are saying on TV. Um, it, it's just the, the disrespect from Tony um, as well as some others that we'll talk about later on the show um, has just gone too far. And, and in a game where you win 30 to zero, there shouldn't be much to complain about. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And uh, this was definitely a game where we needed people to step up. Uh, story for the season, it seems like, for the Dolphins has been we've been behind the eight ball with injuries all year. Uh, we did get Taron Armstead back. Looks like he was our fifth highest rated player of the game at 83.3. The uh, interior line, basically what it was last week, Lester Cotton, left guard, Liam Eikenberg at center, Robert Jones at right guard, Austin Jackson started right tackle, came out early with an oblique injury, though it it doesn't sound serious or super serious. I kind of have a feeling they're going to hold him out, but we spent the uh, second half with Kendall Lamb at right tackle. So again, just another another week, another different offensive line combination. Uh, I do think overall, at least pass blocking, the offensive line held up well. Uh, the one thing I have learned is... Uh, Robert Jones and Lester Cotton cannot run block to save their lives. Uh, passing, uh, pass blocking wise, I only remember one or two plays that it looked like the offensive line got blown up, and I think most of the sacks were actually covered sacks rather than someone getting blown up on the offensive line. Uh, and of course, the joke again: another week, uh, Liam Eikenberg was in space and he couldn't take down a linebacker. He's improving at the line of scrimmage, but. In space, he's not the greatest. How did the line look to you in person? Because um, like I said, from what I saw, it just seemed like any sack was more coverage than the line struggling. Uh, yeah, I think any day um, that you're winning by a lot and Tua gets benched, you, you uh, don't notice a ton about the offensive line. And I'm interested to see um, – it, it, the Jets were kind of rinse and repeat. It, it looks like they came in kind of dead um, and didn't have energy themselves. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this offensive line looks and holds up um, against the Dallas team that got bullied a little bit by Buffalo. Um, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how that offensive line uh, transitions this week. Um, Liam definitely had a few plays uh, where it looked like he struggled, like you said, on that screen where he kind of ran by the linebacker. It looked like a little bit. Um, but again, when your quarterback has as many incompletions as sacks, and that number is three, um, there's not a ton to complain about. That was a game um, that if that game would have finished 17 to 10 um, and we would have just slept through the game, I don't think anybody would have been surprised. Um, so you have to give the Dolphins credit uh, for, especially in the first half, uh, putting their feet down on the Jets' necks a little bit uh, and pulling away and making it to the second half uh, was simply just a formality. Yep. And to talk about Tua real quick, because I feel like for some reason last week, Tua got a lot of unfair criticism. Maybe not as much from Dolphins fans, but from the national media. Well, we know why. Quote-unquote can't uh, survive without Hill. Uh, now, before we get into the Dolphins receivers without Hill, um, we always do focus. People focus on Tua's bad throws. I thought he only had one bad throw, and it was, again, a speed out into the slot, which two of his last – he's had two pick sixes against the Jets throwing that exact same pass, and this time it was almost another pick six 
to uh, the linebacker. But uh, luckily, that was incomplete. Uh, his other incompletion should have been a pass interference on the defense because uh, the person covering Josh Wilson, I think it was the linebacker, but he clearly interfered with him. And I think the reason why they didn't call it, not only because the score was out of hand, but it felt like Jeff Wilson lost the ball in the air and just didn't finish his route. But that should have been first and goal at the one for the Dolphins, in my opinion. Yeah, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we were at a point where um, the refs weren't calling it. I think really the only bad throw that you can look at all day um, and say Tua made a bad throw was on that out that you were talking about. Um, it, it was almost like uh, he got comfortable and forgot the way he got in trouble the last game. So, uh, But he didn't try it again. Um, and overall, it was nice to see Jalen Waddle look like he could uh, command a wide receiver core. Eight catches, 142 yards and a touchdown, uh, including that beautiful 60-yard bomb. Um, it, another nine targets for Waddle, who uh, on the year, um, people I think would be a little surprised uh, the fact that he already has, what is it, uh, 100 targets on the season. Um, so he'll get up to, what do we got, three more games. He'll probably get close to 125, 130 targets, um, which, which is a big number and, and a number you should uh, be happy about, especially with people viewing this. Um, as a little bit of a down year. Yeah. Waddle's se- stats for the season so far, 71 catches, 964 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, maybe it's because he does have the occasional uh, easy drop. Uh, it's probably because Tyreek Hill, before his injury, was having an, an historic season. But s- just seeing Waddle's stats, I think people forget just how good he is and how reliable he is. I mean, if you look since since the Kansas City game, so starting with uh, the Vegas game, um, Waddle's targets are eight, 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 nine, and the nine was this past week without Tyreek. So um, it seems like Waddle's targets are what they're going to be. Um, it's just about how many of those he's going to catch. The Jets game, he caught eight of nine. The last Jets game, he caught eight of eight. Um, so it seems like the 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 Jets secondary has trouble covering Waddle. Yep, they just kept DJ Reed on the whole time. Uh, don't know if you saw it, but Jets uh, post game show they actually complained about that talking about how DJ Reed's good, but they refused to put. I think you and I actually talked about this at the before the first Jets game that the Jets will not move their corners. No, they, they don't. They, they do not move their corners, and they refuse. And it's kind of like what we complained about during the the Bills game, where we would not move. Uh, Cater Kahoo off of Stefan Diggs when it was clear he couldn't cover him. And I think you saw the same issue. Whereas this year, just to go to the defense real quick, but then we'll go back to the offense because a couple points I wanted to make there. Xavier Howard's out, and Fangio surprisingly decided we're going to have Ramsey follow and shadow the one player in the receiving core the Jets have, Garrett Wilson, who can hurt us. So just the difference in coaching and adjustment just really stuck out there. Yeah, I think that we got to just look at this game for what it is. I mean, the Jets, uh, it's looking like Salah might lose his job at the end of the year. Um, I think that's all but certain. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see the direction the Jets go. Uh, I assume they bring in an offensive coach. um, And it'll be interesting to see what happens to that team over the next couple of years. Yep, just look and just go look for someone in Green Bay who was bros with uh, Aaron Rodgers. They'll go hire Luke Getzey, who's probably going to get fired from Chicago too as the head coach. Um, but before we go more into the defense, the uh, one thing I want to go back to Tua real quick and just bring something up is 
everybody always looks at two as bad throws and I'll always say, find me a quarterback who doesn't make one or two bad throws a game. Everybody forgets about it. Uh, but there's three throws I want to highlight that it's like name, name how many quarterbacks can make them. First one, the long bomb to Waddle. Not many people can hit that in stride. Second, the wheel route to Barrios for that got a first down. And then third, the fourth and five play to Waddle, where he put it behind Waddle and gave him enough time to turn around and get yak and end up being a 30-40 yard gain. Those are plays that not many quarterbacks can make. No, but I think Tua does things um, on a weekly basis that are not things that many quarterbacks can do. Um, I, I keep seeing people say, oh, if you if Tua needs more than two and a half seconds to throw, um, you're like he's in trouble. He can't create. He can't do this. And yeah, Tua lacks mobility. Um, but if Tua gets the ball out in two and a half seconds, you're kind of fucked. Um, yeah. And with the weapons we have, those guys can get open in two and a half seconds. We can get them the ball in two and a half seconds. Hell, Tom Brady made a career off of that. Yeah. No, it's it's one of those things where everybody keeps uh, talking about it, like you said. But even then, it's also funny is people say he needs Tyreek Hill to succeed. First of all, we always talk about two his numbers without Tyreek are insane. But I don't think people realize that if you look at the top receivers in the league, Tyreek Hill is like fifth or sixth in the league in target. So it's not like it is just him. It just seems like it because of the historic season. Yeah, I think that um, people are reaching. and I think people don't actually educate themselves uh, as to what's happening. Yeah. Like, it, it's stupid. It's It's just... People aren't making intelligent analysis. Yeah. Well, the joke also as well as people talk about how Tua, well, I think even Tua said he wanted to, they wanted to silence the critics. Two days, well, yesterday I was in the office before for work, but today was home. But listening to radio, listening to FS1 ESPN, not many people are talking about Tua, so they definitely silenced the haters. If anything, they're praising him a little bit more than they normally do, uh, which is nice to see. But... Let's talk about the defense real quick. They put the D in Dolphins today. They uh, came in with a lot of questions. Howard out, Baker out. Worst three minutes of football you'll ever see from a defense. Like we said last week, historical collapse. Going up against the Jets team that was feeling good about themselves. Jordan, I don't think, I'm pretty sure you've noticed this, but no one gets cockier quicker than a Jets fan. They were all talking about how they were going to come in and they were going to keep Miami losing in December. They were going to build off last week. The defense was great, but also, can we talk about what was Nathaniel Hackett doing as an offensive coordinator? Like, it was clear that their def- their offensive line could not handle our defensive line, and yet they just kept dropping Wilson back in, uh, early, too, to take passes, and he was just getting killed. Yeah, it, like I said before, it, it seems like the Jets just showed up, took the field, uh, kind of like an hourly employee that just shows up, clocks in, clocks out, leaves without doing anything. Um, that's kind of what the Jets did. If you look, Brees Hall, six carries for 12 yards. Uh, Abanaconda, four carries for eight yards. Dalvin Cook, a carry for four yards. Um, that fake punt was god-awful. Which is um, funny. Uh, Tony Romo, it's like, 
They might want to do a fake punk pun eventually, but now's not the good time. And then they did it while he was saying that. Yeah. I mean, Xavier Gibson was their leading receiver. Um, it just, it looked like the Jets were, were very, very checked out. Um, especially once the Dolphins got on them a little bit. It looks like once the Dolphins scored twice, uh, everything was over for the Jets. Yep. Hats off to Bradley Chubb. He rightfully got criticized for... A penalty that, in a lot of ways, cost us the game last week, taking his helmet off. Came in, had three sacks. He is now at nine for the year, I believe. He was our highest-rated player, 94 overall. We talked about uh, Jalen Ramsey completely took Garrett Wilson out of the game. Uh, but how about a shout-out? Do you want to know who our third highest-rated player per PFF was for this uh, for this game? Who was it? It was Duke Riley at 90.9. I believe he was over 90 last game as well. I don't notice him much in games, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. Like, yes, he struggles a little bit in pass cut co- and uh, coverage, which is understandable. He's a backup. But he feels like his role in the secondary is just clean up whatever the defensive line can't. And as we saw last year, we really struggled with that. And if you're doing that, that's that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, and I think this is the second time. Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I think this is the second time, uh, pretty recently, that uh, Duke Riley's been at the top of the charts when it comes to PFF rankings for us. Yep, I think it was it was either last week or when he took over for Baker when Baker got hurt. Uh, but it was really good showing. Like I said, you knew it was going to be a rough game for the Jets. Well, the strip the sack fumble on Zach Wilson, where I thought he got, I think that's where he got the concussion. Um, again, for people who don't know, Zach Wilson came out at halftime. They said on TV, he went into the locker room for dehydration. Then when he came out of the, when the lock after the break, they're like, Oh, it's a head injury, but he's not in concussion protocol. Then it came out today that he is in or yesterday he is in concussion protocol and his mom went viral because she's a very attractive lady. And, uh, actually said that Zach was, tested for a concussion on Sunday during the game and he lied about his symptoms. So my question, my question there is, are we the only team that the independent spotters pull people, pull people out and don't let them back in for? Uh, We're not the only team, uh, but I think that um, each situation is different. Each spotter is different. And I'd be shocked if uh, there weren't, a couple, even if behind the scenes, um, some ramifications to what um, what was done there. Yeah, because you got to know, like you would think he, he, everybody could tell. Like I, I don't. Again, I, I'm curious what it looked like at the stadium, but on TV in our Discord, we're all talking about it, and everybody's saying he's clearly hurt. I there's a YouTube channel where uh, two Jets fans, a father and son combo will watch the games and comment on it. It's very hilarious. Look it up. If you haven't heard of it, it's the New York jokes. Uh, But they are saying throughout their whole highlights, Zach's hurt. Take him out of the game. So they said that live or they said that looking back. They said it like these two fans, because they, they put the videos up after the game, but they commentate live during the game. Um, And they said during the game, you could tell that he was hurt after this after the sack on the first drive because he came up and they were like he was making faces the whole time yeah i mean at, at that point you gotta start asking questions to the people um I, i'm curious what chris Nowinski would say about that 
Uh, he was not happy from what I remember on uh, Twitter. Yeah, he just wasn't happy. Um, but just again, to focus on the Jets a bit, I know you're a big fan of uh, Salah. I think he'll be a great assistant uh, next year under Vic Fangio if uh, the Jets decide to go that way. But he's another assistant. He's 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 charismatic. He definitely gets teams, at least the defense, playing hard for him. But man, it is so clear he has no idea, or at least, or just doesn't care about the offense. Why? Why are you only running Brees Hall six times a game? And this isn't the first time they've done that. It feels like anytime the Jets lose, they forget they have Brees Hall. Is that a solid issue? Is that just a Nathaniel Hackett issue? Because you know I am no fan of Nathaniel Hackett. I think he is, in terms of coaching, I think he's probably the biggest fraud of a coach in the NFL. Yeah, I think that that's, it's a little of both because from a Hackett standpoint, yeah, that that's your fault. You should be game planning better. But the head coach can say, give him the damn ball. He's our best player. I mean, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall hand in hand. I mean, you can flip a coin. You can have an argument either way. I personally, I'm a running back guy. I'd prefer Brees Hall. Um, and I think that you have to um, feed him the ball. Even if it doesn't work, uh, to keep the other team honest, there's no reason um, that you should, even in the, at the end of the first half, down three scores, um, losing the game by four scores. There's no way, if you're the New York Jets, that Trevor Simeon and Zach Wilson should throw the ball 37 times and Brees Hall should carry it six. Yep. So I just pulled up Brees Hall's stats. Um, they're not great this year, obviously, overall. But against the Texans where they won, he got 10 carries for 40 yards. So against us, like we said earlier, six carries, 12 yards. 10 carries, 40 yards against the Texans was a win. 13 carries for 16 yards against the Falcons. Seven for 25 against us. 10 for 23 against the Bills. 13 for 28 against the Raiders. 16 for 50 against the Chargers. Against the Giants, 12 for 17. Against the Eagles, 12 for 39, but added a touchdown. Against the Broncos, 22 carries for 177 yards and a touchdown. Against the Chiefs, 6 for 56, so he's averaging good, but they forget about him. Against the Patriots, 12 for 18. Against the Cowboys, 4 for 9. And against the Bills, 10 for 127. So, so far this year, he has one, two, three, four games where he has under 10 carries and this is an offense i know hackett's not the biggest uh fan of running the ball from my recollection but he came his bet his most success as an offensive coordinator was under uh matt lafleur where he the whole point of the offense is built off of the run and play action and he's an assistant of doug marone who was always a running guy why are you not running the ball? Yes, the offensive line sucks, but we see we had four backups today and the running game wasn't working, but the run but it did take pressure off of them, so Tua wasn't getting killed. Yeah, that's a that's a mindset thing. Um and it's a mindset thing that the Dolphins we said after last game, uh, the emphasis needs to be on running the ball, and even though they only averaged 2.8 yards a carry, the Dolphins ran the ball 28 times and, more importantly, ran the ball close to the end zone. 
And that's why Mostert had two touchdowns on that both, if I'm not mistaken, went pretty untouched. Yep. Um, so it, it's a mindset. Um, I think this is it for Hackett. I think this is the end of him as an offensive coordinator. Um, even if Rodgers is, is coming back, um, I, I think the Jets' ownership after the frustration of the season – there's no way they, they leave it in Aaron Rodgers' hand and leave the, the building around this team in Rodgers' hand. Um, I can't see it. Um, it Salah, like you said before, make a great uh, defensive assistant for us. I still think he gets a defensive coordinator job, um, especially um, if a team, hold on, like the uh, 49ers, whoever their defensive coordinator is, who I think is Steve Wilkes, if I uh, yep. remember correctly, and it is. Uh, if Steve Wilkes happens to get a head coaching job, I could see that. Um, I could, there are some other teams, the Texans, um, depending on uh, what happens with their assistant staff. I could see a number of teams that are going to want Salah, um, depending on what the movement is. Um, but if he doesn't get hired, uh, I would love to bring him onto this Dolphins staff. I think that both him and Ronaldo Hill will be guys that are going to be good defensive coordinators moving forward. Um, so I'd love to obviously have both of them on our staff. Um, he's looking at his uh, resume, Sal. I didn't know he actually started as a tight end coach, um, but he's coached linebackers for a while. Um, if you see a guy, what is Campanelli? Is he our linebackers coach? Yes. So if he gets a defensive coordinator job, you can see Robert Sala replace him. Um, as an overall senior defensive assistant, I could see him, or even as a D-line coach, because he's done it twice, both at the college level, um, but he's done it twice. So you you got to find a position on staff that is a nice title, linebacker coach, um, that Salah fits with, that he's done before. Uh, he did it in Jacksonville. And I'm sure that on a Vic Fangio staff, it would be a welcome addition uh, to bring Salah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh the other question, do you think Joe Douglas gets fired? Because I actually think Douglas has done, at least defensively, he's gotten them a lot of great players. He's gotten them two playmakers on offense. They have a decent guard in AVT, Elijah Vera Tucker, when he's healthy. Um, I've heard they want to extend Makai Becton and give him $20 million a year, and that just sounds like a really dumb idea, especially when you see what we got uh, Austin Jackson for. But he definitely does. He definitely has taken a team that was crippled by years of awful general managing, whether it be Mike Tannenbaum, whether it be what was his name, Jeffrey Idzik, and then Mike mm-hmm. McCagnan, who all were awful with the cap and also were awful with drafting too. So he hasn't done a bad job. I think we're, and this could be an issue with ownership because everybody knows. Woody Johnson is obsessed with being getting publicity in New York. The biggest mistake the Jets have made under Joe Douglas, well, there's two, is they got Zach Wilson wrong, but they also bought into the hype that they were a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. In a lot of ways, I think that shows the difference between the Dolphins and the Jets, where Tua, show, Tua showed more promise than Zach Wilson, obviously, at a younger age, but similar. People bought into the hype that Tua 
was some people bought in the hype that Tua was holding the Dolphins back, and Chris Greer refused to trade for Deshaun Watson. Instead, he kept building up the roster. And when a chance came, he got us Jalen Waddle, and then he went and got Tyree Kill. And when he realized that Flores wasn't the guy for Tua, he went and got the guy. And now you're seeing the difference. Joe Douglas made like, yeah, he got the two, he got the Zach Wilson pick wrong, but then he believed that the that they were closer than they were when he went for Rodgers. Do you see the same thing I do there? Uh, yeah, similar, but I, I see it in a little bit of a different way. Yes, the Zach Wilson pick was a mistake. That was horrible. But I think the move that's going to get Joe Douglas fired, if he does, is keeping Zach Wilson around when you had Rodgers. Yeah. And more importantly, not going to get another quarterback. First, Zach Wilson shouldn't have been on the roster, even if you would have just had, let's say, Rodgers and Boyle. But when Rodgers got hurt week one, drive one, there's no excuse for not bringing in a guy that you feel comfortable with for the remainder of the season. Um, I think that although he ended up getting hurt, and I don't know how the money would have worked out, um, but I think Kirk Cousins would have made a lot of sense because Kirk Cousins, although a huge cap number, could have gotten through the season and then gone into free agency, and the Jets would have essentially spent the pick just to salvage the season. Um, You look at a guy like Josh Dobbs, um, you look at a number of guys that you could have traded for, even reaching out to the Dolphins about Mike White. Um, but let's say, let's play the hypotheticals as you know, I love to do, and I'm going to put on the optimistic jet hat. And this is the most disgusting hat in the closet of hats. This is the worst kind of hat. However, if I'm going to put on my optimistic jets hat, you beat Buffalo week one, you probably wouldn't have won at Dallas week two, but then weeks three and four, you lost to the Patriots by five and the chiefs by three. Now, the way you know that team played that night game against the Chiefs, the way you know the Patriots ended up being, those could have both been wins. And you win both of those games and then beat the Broncos, the Eagles, and the Giants, the Jets are 6-1. and one. And I think that this season looks a lot different right now had the Jets been 6-1 and one through 7. I think they would have come with a different motivation on Black Friday. I think they would have came with a different motivation against the Falcons, a different motivation against the Raiders. Um, And I think you're looking at a much different Jets season. However, they didn't do all that. And now you're going to go into next year, although Rodgers says he could have played now and all that, you're going to have uh, another year you're going to have a still a 40-year-old Rodgers will turn 41 close to the end of next season. Um, and you're going to have another year. So if you're the Jets, who do you take in the first round? Do you just go with another offensive lineman? Because the Jets have drafted a number of offensive linemen. That hasn't worked. Do you draft another receiver? Well, then Rodgers' receivers get bumped down a little bit. Do you draft another defensive playmaker? Well, you have a lot of defensive playmakers. So I think the only way the Jets can prevent it feeling like they're just doing this all over again is to move on from Robert Sala, move on from Joe Douglas, find Zach Wilson a new home, and hope that a new regime can build, at least in year one, with Rodgers, because you only got Rodgers 
and Rogers' cap number balloons next year. Yep. So, so you're in a very weird spot. That the only way I think you can really improve your team and really improve is by bringing in a new coach and a new GM to kind of spark energy. No different than, and the situation was different. But when McDaniel came in, you saw the energy shift. I think the Jets need an energy shift. Um, and if they go back into next season, uh, even with a healthy Rodgers, but with this regime, I would I would feel great about that from a Dolphins standpoint. Yeah. Honestly, like looking at, you talk about the offensive line, looking at where the, I just pulled up Tankathon real quick just to look at the, because they have the most like up-to-date mock right away. They have the Jets picking seventh and getting Joe Alt. For the Jets would be good, because um, I don't, do you really want to give twenty million a year guaranteed to Mackay Becton, who hasn't been really good outside of his rookie year and has been injured a lot? No, so I think you'd go with Joe Alt. Uh, although they do have Brock Bowers going eighth overall, which if the Jets got Brock Bowers, I'd be a little annoyed. Um, but I just think when you look at how bad that offensive line has been this year, like I don't think it matters what they won at the beginning of the year. I think that offensive line would have hurt them sooner than later because unlike we talked about injuries the Dolphins have had how many injuries on the offensive line there's only been one maybe two games with the injuries I thought the Dolphin like the Dolphins offensive line struggled against an opposing defense the Jets haven't had those injuries they've had one or two but they don't have the injuries we did on the offensive line so these are mostly people they're expecting to start and they struggled so they definitely do have to address that offensive line somehow. And this is a relatively deep offensive tackle draft, of course, if I'm them also. It's also a really deep wide receiver draft, and it's become clear you need someone else other than just uh, Garrett Wilson because it's from all the games I've seen, he's he's dangerous, but teams are not paying attention to any other receiver on that team. Let me be clear about something. I would be thrilled thrilled if the Jets drafted an offensive lineman. Oh, yeah. As a, as a Dolphins fan, it pushes worst people case scenario, Worst case scenario as a Dolphin fan is the Jets take another receiver or Brock Bowers. Jets take an offensive lineman, take one of the tackles, take a defensive player, any defensive player you want. Um, but it, it, I would begin to get nervous um, if you see the Jets with a guy like Malik Neighbors um, with a guy like Rome Adunzie, uh, who, whose name I definitely just fucked up. Um, you see them with a team with a, a guy, um, like a Xavier Worthy, a Keon Coleman. Um, I, I would be more worried about that uh, than I would be about them just taking yet another offensive lineman that'll go through their rookie struggles because then that puts you out of the Rodgers window. And finally, you get an offensive line. Well, guess what? You then got to go find a quarterback again. Yeah. Speaking of which, they have us taking Troy Fuatanu uh, in their draft, offensive tackle out of Washington, who Mr. S also predicted to us, I believe, in our updated mock on uh, listpodcast.com. Uh, but just to go to the draft real quick, I wouldn't be shocked if we take a wide receiver in the first round either, especially if someone like Emeka Buka or uh, Xavier Worthy fell to us. Um, I wouldn't completely be shocked. Um, but again, it's, 
it's drafting a position that you don't necessarily need right now. When I personally think we're going to have needs uh, along the interior defensive line, uh, along the offensive line, uh, I think we're better off adding a tight end. But if you're adding a tight end, why not draft uh, the best receiver there? Yeah. Like so, so I do see it. Um, the other thing that you have to, in the back of your mind, consider um, is that by next season, Tyreek will be thirty. Um, Tyreek did say he's going to play another three years and then retire after that. Um, that's what he said. Who knows? That's yep. I'm going off of down the line speculation. And if you're drafting a receiver now, uh, you're going to want that guy to become the number one receiver in three years <coughs> or sorry, the uh, number two receiver next to Waddle. And I don't think we're, we're in a position where we draft a guy uh, three years away from where we're going to need him. Uh, I think we're better off going after um, the Cedric Wilson's, the Braxton Berrioses um, of the world, the Claypools, um, and see who we can get. Um, and I think we're much better off um, drafting defensive line, linebacker, tight end is, is really the top three in no particular order. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, end of the day, sucks to be the Jets, and we're in a really good position where we can lock up a lot of things this coming up weekend, but we will talk more about that on either Wednesday or Thursday when we record. Spoiler for the Dallas game, I'm thinking we're going to want to run a little bit more than we have in recent weeks. Uh, I don't know about you on that, Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be, I'd say, Wednesday, tomorrow or Thursday's episode, whenever we end up recording. Um, I think we're going to have an interesting conversation because this is this is where we finally start the stretch that we've been talking about since the preseason. We've been saying uh, it's going to come down to the final three games, and, and we're here. We're finally here. We are, and I'm excited for it. I think we're definitely very optimistic about the next couple games, but more on those as we get to them. I think it's now time for us to put someone on the list, and someone I know you've wanted to put on the list for over a week. So, Jordan, the floor is yours. So, back when this person was the second best in a two-person duo, um, we knew he was biased. Back when this person uh, started shifting because that morning show moved on, which it shouldn't have. It was a great show. Uh, Shout out Mike Golick. Um, I... Thought it was a mistake how much ESPN uh, was really uplifting this person. Um, And now he has his own show. Uh, I haven't actually seen it. I'm learning um, that this is um, a thing. Uh, Greeny is the name of the show. Am I right? Is it just Greeny? Do we know, Brett? Nope. Brett doesn't even know. He's already stunned in silence. so I don't know what your show is called. Um, all I do know uh, is that you have multiple times dissed Tua. You have multiple times called the Tyreek trade a bad trade for Miami. You have multiple times called people like Justin Herbert and Josh Allen Hall of Famers when saying that Tua will be a backup for the remainder of his career. And you constantly just spew Jets propaganda and have been a big reason why ESPN has been borderline unwatchable for years. Okay. Mike Greenberg, Greeny, after a goose egg that your team laid on Sunday, 
after the goose egg of good takes that you've made about the Dolphins recently. Mike Greenberg, you have a well-deserved place on our list. You have a well-deserved place on the list forever. And this is one of the ones, just simply because of his affiliation with the Jets, that I will never go back on and never let somebody else uh, take Mike Greenberg off of the list. Mike Greenberg, you, just like the Jets, suck. Mike Greenberg, you are on the list. Good pick. And sorry, like right as you started that rant, I guess my front door was unlocked and people who were visiting our neighbors walked into the wrong apartment house. And we were just, I'm like, I was like, who are you and why are you here? So I had to be like, no, you want, you want next door. But uh, yeah, no, just talking. I'm sure you mentioned this, Jordan, but I still remember during the uh, 2019 season, we were doing poor green. Greeny actually came out and said the Dolphins should be penalized for tanking. Well, we did end up getting penalized for that season, just not for why he thought, but that's a different story. But yeah, I agree with you. Mike Greenberg is on the list permanently. Um, I do have someone to add to the list later this week, and we're going to get into that. And just uh, just a little spoiler, it is going to be a, a rare member of Dolphins Twitter being at it. Wow. Wow. Of Dolphins Twitter. Oh, yeah. It is well-deserved, and I will... Everybody will find out in our next episode. But it's fun to be a Dolphins fan again. After the misery that was last week, we're all feeling good. We're all ready to make our sarsaparilla sunshine bowl picks later in the week. We're all ready to talk about the uh, Dolphins-Cowboys game, which is going to be a little personal for me as well. And again, we'll get into that. Later in the week, Jordan, what do we have? What do we have to look forward to on your end? Uh, obviously, another AI article, um, and I'm going to take a look at the NFL head coaching jobs that have opened up already, um, and discuss the ones that now that we've gone a couple more weeks, um, the the head coaching jobs that are going to open up here moving forward. Okay, excellent. But we are going to end this positivity episode on a positive high note, and we will see you. Later this week, for Jordan and for Zach, my name is Brett. We are The List. We are watching. Zach, hit that music. Later.